to the big roar of the crowd. They're off and racing. Sheba Rame is a bit tardy out. Will settle the second last and Redzel jump fast. Bray smashes, ducking and weaving. Jatakwa six off them, but Redzel's burst clear at the 100 metres. Vega Magic, Bray smash running on, then Chula, but Redzel, he's home in the Everest. Redzel leads all the way. It's Redzel clear. Redzel, 50 metres to go, looking to conquer the Everest again, and boy, he's done it. Rich. Um, I haven't even seen the old man yet. I don't even know where he is, but um, it's just um, a massive thing for this day. We're just so, so relieved. Yes, 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 is winding up to the back, then to Trekkie and Sandra in the lane. The count, yes, 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 takes the lead. Sandra in the lane is charging at the end. Yes, 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 wins the Everest. What a healing. Oh my god, I'm. I can't believe what's going through my body right here. Eduardo at the 300 metres, a length clear. Nature's drift been in his slipstream, giving Jake Sue up to Aubrey on her. Classic legend for her. The grey flash is starting to cut loose. Here he comes. Classic legend storms to the front and kicked away. The grey flash is now an Everest legend. Nature's drift in front of Eduardo. Nature's drift kept going. Eduardo. Mars Crusade is jumping out of the ground. Just missed. Nature Strip clings on. He's king of the mountain. Strip given the cue by McDonald and the champ races to the lead by a length on Eduardo. Privatized running on. Then came over past Shades of Rose, Giacomo and Giga Kick. Nature Strip a length in front. Private Eye. Giga Kick. Giga Kick down the outside wins the Everest. The unbeaten three-year-old's done it. Yeah, this weekend is the seventh running of the $20 million Everest, the richest turf race in the world, the richest race here in Australia. And already it's established its place in the Australian racing landscape. The ultimate upstart, the ultimate disruptor. And here we are again. Welcome to our listeners joining us on SENQ 693 in Brizzy, 1620am on the Goldie. Welcome back on 1170am in Sydney and SEN track as well. For the next hour, a special preview of the Everest. 1,200 metres, folks, of pure party time at Royal Ramwick. Welcome to our expert panel. So Gareth Hall, Mick Gannon and Dean Watling have been uh, carrying the can for SEN track, but they decided to come into a real show yes. and come and join us. So, <laughs> And I only do that, Gareth, because it was just told to me no. that you were sledging us no. and you know the rules. Yes. Uh, he who has the microphone first or last wins. Maddie. So we're just going to turn off your microphone <laughs> yes. for the next hour. Dean, Mick, great to see you. <laughs> Morning, Matty. Good to be here, mate. Uh, Gareth, it's been a pleasure. Dino? Yeah, morning, boys. It's an exciting weekend. I can't wait to dissect the race. A bit of air off the top is always nice. Matty, I've grown up idolising you. That's <laughs> oh, no, true. Hang from, on. From, from Bathurst to your racing coverage there on Channel 10 and right. 7 and mornings, I don't I don't miss a podcast because being based in Melbourne, I love my rugby league and I yep. like to get all up to date with all of the news. So you got Jimmy Smith and all that covered, man. Don't worry. <laughs> Listen, because you're a rugby league fan, obviously, yep. and especially for our listeners joining us on 693 and 1620 up there in Brizzy and the Gold Coast, um, rugby league, big news at the moment around the New South Wales state of origin team. So while you guys have been next door, Michael Maguire has essentially been locked in as the new coach of New South Wales. A verbal agreement. So Madge is currently the Raiders assistant coach and New Zealand coach. Mm-hmm. One of those is going to have to go. Um, he has agreed to the same deal reportedly that they offered Brad Fittler, which is part-time 12 months. So just the one year, which is essentially the reason why Freddie decided to walk away from what they offered him. 
Um, so a new direction for Michael Maguire. Meanwhile, in the other coaching world, reports this morning that Eddie Jones is going to quit as Wallabies coach. These are reports only, and they're coming from Japanese media as well. So no official word around that. And as you guys could imagine, the text line and open line's going gangbusters. So Eddie's going to Japan after all, and Madge has told the Blues they've got a boot camp in the next week. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, And we're trying to piece all that together. Somebody said, well, what about Eddie goes to New South Wales, Madge goes to Japan, and Justin Langer ends up coaching back in the Australian crickets. (laughs) I think the big story out of all of this is how has Peter Volandis allowed this to happen? Especially with the New South Wales State of Origin coach announced on the eve of the Everest. Yeah. Well, I'm tipping then if there is, say, an official press conference today or tomorrow from Michael Maguire, that he's sitting – although he does come under New South Wales Rugby League. He doesn't come under NRL or Australian Rugby League that he's probably wearing an Everest cap or, or, or a shirt when <laughs> yes. he's, doing the, when he's yes. doing the press conference. Yeah. Here's Madge brought to you by the Everest. Look, look, really great to have you guys here, and we're going to pick our way through the Everest field, but also talk about it generally as well. And we've been having good discussions on this program about where the Everest sits. And we go straight to that question off the top. Where, where do you guys think? It's so young, mm. Gareth. It's, it's This is the seventh running this year. So when it when you look at the other races out there in the landscape, you know, the Derby and the Cup, obviously, and the Golden Slipper, we're talking history that goes back a long, long way. Yeah, this is a genius of Peter Volandis because he had this idea a few years back and it started off as a $10 million raise and he found it hard to get people involved that, to, to purchase slots. Um, in the end, he had to talk a lot of people into buying a slot for three years. But after the first edition, it's just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think it's clearly the biggest race in Sydney. I think it's surpassed the Golden Slipper now. And it's the second biggest race outside of the Melbourne Cup for mine. The Cox Plate's not far away. But what the Everest does is that because of the slots, it's a race within the race. So it's just a marketing machine because you can get a horse like an Imperatrice. So I think not, he's not, she's not in the Everest. And in my eyes, she's the best sprinter in Australasia. Mm. So she wins a Moyer in Melbourne. And she says, and the connections say, we're going to the Manicato and then we're going to the champion sprint at Flemington. But no one's talking about that. Everyone's talking, why aren't you going to the Everest? Is she still a chance of going to the Everest? Mm. So it generates its own marketing. Peter Volandis has spent a lot of money um, and he's been able to innovate and get a lot of new people to the game as well. So... I think for mine, it is the, the, the second biggest biggest race in the country. Mick, your thoughts? I mean, you can throw money at a race. A- anyone can throw money at a race and a heck of a lot of money. But there's something else about the Everest as well. What's the secret sauce? Well, the fact that we're talking about it six months into, like in a lead up, and then the moment the Everest is done, they're talking about it. Every month of racing we've seen since last year's Everest has been Everest, Everest, Everest. So... It's just a spectacular, it's a spectacular event. We went there last year, Dino and I went there last year, and I've been to every race day bar the Cox Plate, which I'm looking forward to getting an invite to that, Gareth, uh, <laughs> this year. It was the best race meeting I've ever been to, besides the fact you had to wait to go to the toilet. Besides that, it was yeah. enormous. Mm. The, the atmosphere was just phenomenal, second to none. And it's corny, but gee, when they play Sweet Caroline, oh, you just get around it. There's a discussion for this program that we've had. I love Sweet Caroline. 
Yes. But the most overused song. Yes. Well, is of it? All. Is it? Or horses? Has horses still got it covered? Yeah, horses is up there as yeah. well. But so, they but, can overuse those songs. But when you're at the racetrack and you've got forty thousand people singing, yes. yeah, it's goosebumps. And, and, yeah. and you're twelve cans. And that's deep. that's that's the point. It's corny <laughs> until you're there and you go, oh, yeah. that was yeah. good. Well, <laughs> exactly. I think the one of the big points that we do miss is that um, Australia's strength as a as a racing code is our sprinters. We're the best in the world as a sprinter. So I think it encapsulates that. Um, easy to follow. The horses in the race go around every single um, year. We know who they are. We know who they're trained by. We know the personalities. I think the the issue, or not the issue, but the, the difference between it and a, a Melbourne Cup is a lot of the international horses, they're superior to our stayers. Mm. So uh, they come over here, they have one run. We don't really know anything about them. I think uh, the ability to track a horse, a stable, um, all those insights, I think that's what's really encapsulated the audience as well. And the best part about this year is that you got host of syndication businesses involved. Um, Prime Thoroughbreds have got two horses. Derby Racing have got Osmosis. They team up with a, a big group of owners who purchased the slot in the, the quokka, the slot race in Perth, and they call themselves Ram Racings. And it's about um, 40, 40 mates that are just mad as, mad as ever, and they wear their big cowboy hats, um, and they celebrate like no other. So they'll add a, a little bit of um, theatre to the Everest. And... So people thought at the start it was just for the elite, but it's far from that. It's it's got people dreaming. Speaking from the starter, Singo tried to buy all twelve slots. That's yes. right. Yeah. And you know why? Because he, he said, said you no. Have two. <laughs> you have two, and Singo said, "Say later, forget it." Well, whoops. <laughs> well, he missed whoops. out first up, didn't he? Yep. He said no originally, and then went, "Hang on a second, this has got this has got legs. Give yep. me all of them." And yeah, PBL <laughs> said no. So there was there was a fear when it started that it was going to be an arms race of money. Right, and and they've won that arms race. They're, yeah. they're the way ahead of the field. The money's a really interesting one. Twenty million dollars is a great figure to throw at, and it gets everyone's attention. I mean, ten started, and then fifteen, mm-hmm. and then it, it's sort of this this magical, mystical number that no one can really deal with. But the fact of the matter is that you pay seven hundred thousand bucks for a slot. There are twelve runners in the race, so eight point four million dollars is already in the kitty, which, which goes again to the the genius behind this. So of the $20 million in prize money, 8.4 is covered by those running anyway. Yep. And they all get their money back. You finish last, yep. you still get your 700. So where do you guys see it in terms of the money factor and what this brings in? $7 million to win a 1,200-metre race on Saturday. Well, I think because of the success of it and it pays for itself, so it's generated that much turnover for the industry. Peter Volandis is rewarding the slot holders because – of the money that it's made for the game. It's just, just not the, the turnover on the Everest. It's the, it's the way that the Everest has been able to promote the game of thoroughbred racing. So when all of the slot races have started across Australasia, started in, in all three codes, started by the Everest, it's always been a situation where you're taking a bit of a risk and it's not, it's not a great investment. But as these races continue to grow in popularity, and the Quok is the perfect example. Last year wasn't a great investment. Um, it was really leading towards um, the the owners of the horse, not the slot holders. But that turnover race there in Perth was 40% higher than any other race in the history of WA racing. So innovation works. And they've increased their prize money. So you all of a sudden now you finish last, you get your $700,000 back, but yeah. then you've got to split it with the owners or whatever deal that you do with the, the, the horse and the connections that you get involved with your slot. And that's why it's successful because it's a game within a game. Yeah. Like, do you give me 60-40? If I'm um, a slot owner, I want imperatories. Like David Ellis, I, 
this is what happened with Imperatrice. I wish a win, Trackside and Ladbrokes, got offered a deal too good to refuse. David Ellis is great mate, mates with Mark Chittick, the boss of Waikato Stud, who own I Wish I Win. Yep. He's heard that deal that he's got, and David Ellis is going, well, I'm not getting, I'm not going unless I get that deal my fellow Kiwi mates got. And then no one else can afford that deal or from a business point of view, doesn't want to give that deal away because Ladbrokes is a marketing tool. They're, they're not really, they're trying to make money by increasing the popularity of the sport, mm. not from that Everest slot. Yeah. So, it, it, so it's, the, yeah, it's a, it's a different ball game for the different slot holders yeah. in a way. So the, the money go around. The money go around. That's, yeah. that's it. So let me, let me throw it here. Dino, I'm going to throw this one at you. You finish second in the Everest. You win $2.9 million. Are you bummed that you missed out on the $4.1 extra million for coming first or, or you're okay with your 2.9 after feeding in only 700? Yes, I think you'd be more than happy with that. I think you've obviously got to split it. That's the other thing as well. If you've got a uh, Yulong, a perfect example this year, they've selected their own horse, so they don't have to split it with anyone. But yeah. um, I but think, yeah. That horse cost them 10 point, yes, yeah. 10 point <laughs> something to purchase, right? Yeah, I'd, be, I'd be filthy if I came second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That filled, that you'd be, you'd be worried about the 4.1 4. 1. that you're missing out on. Yeah, the gift that you never got. Yep. What's it's, that Will Ferrell line? Um, in that movie, if you finish if, second, if you're not, you if you're not last. first, you're last. Yeah, yeah. If you're not first, you're last. 0457736736, our full Everest preview. Um, group one status, we've got to work out where we sit with that. I mean, is it just a term? Does it belong with the Everest or not? And we'll pick our way through the field as well. A busy news day. Michael Maguire has been selected. It has been reported as the New South Wales State of Origin coach. Eddie Jones, it appears, is set to quit as Wallabies coach. So we're following those stories as well. Back with more after this. Jataka takes off them, but Red Zells burst clear at the 100 metres. Vega Magic, Brave Smash running on, then Chula, but Red Zell, he's home in the Everest. Red Zell leads all the way. It's Red Zell clear. Red Zell, 50 metres to go, looking to conquer the Everest again, and boy, he's done it. I haven't even seen the old man yet. I don't even know where he is, but... um. It's just um, a massive thing for this day. We're just so, so relieved. Uh, I'm not a religious man, but I do believe in God. Um, but what happened in the last month has just been incredible. So we knew about Karen McAvoy. We knew about the Snowdens. We didn't know much about Red Zell, but after 2017-2018, we sure as heck yeah. did. The first uh, two winners out of the same, uh, same stable, same jockey, all that kind of stuff. Over the first two years of the Everest, a remarkable story, that one. That was goosebumps listening to that. I think that just proved what the Everest meant to people so quickly in the story of the Everest, the the emotion there of the Snowdens, the, the father and son training combination. I, I heard Pete there saying that um, he didn't know if he believed in God until Red Zell won that race. Well, Pete, you need to really believe in God if Marzu. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait yeah. to get to Marzu. I'm fascinated by Marzu. So let's take a look at the field and we'll work our way through the horses. So we'll, we'll go in uh, saddlecloth order. And for I Wish I Win, that's barrier order as well. So number one in the race is drawn barrier one for I Wish I Win. Luke Nolan on board, the Moody Coleman combination. Could be the first horse to win both the Golden Eagle and the Everest. So... Ka-ching, 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 which is right in Moody's wheelhouse. Yes. Um, but the barrier here, barrier number one for I Wish I Win, does it change your way of thinking? Big time. He needed an outside barrier. And now it's only a bad barrier or a good barrier until after the race. But Luke Nolan 
has got some decisions to be made. Does he try and jump this horse and put him in the box seat behind overpass and maybe take him outside of his comfort zone? Or does he just ride him where he's comfortable and he's three or four back the fence and he needs it to all open up? Um, he'll need a lot of luck in the Everest. I'm taking him on here. Yeah, clearly the top-rated horse in regards to Courier Peaks, but that was on a heavy track. We now get to a dry track. It's going to be a good three by that time of the day. It's going to be a nice and warm one today, and the track's going to be nice and dry come Saturday. Mm. Barrier one is a massive concern. We'll need plenty of luck. A lot of form experts out there saying barrier one's ideal. I'm not sure what they're looking at. It's going to be very, very hard work from barrier one for Luke Nolan for a horse that probably has one of the better sprints in the race, but it's not going to be easy to sprint through a brick wall. So, Dean, does that... Does that justify – well, it's coming to about $5 now. I mean, earlier this morning, drifting out towards five fifty, mm. looks as though it was going to go over $6, where all the good judges are saying something's got to rein this back in. Does, does barrier one whack it that much, you reckon, in the odds? I think it does early doors. I think what it does is you can't bet up with confidence knowing the run that the horse is going to get. He's going to get three, four pairs back. And if he gets the splits, for sure, you'd love to chime in at the 200-meter mark knowing he got the split. Uh, but it does push the price out. And this isn't a popularity contest. It's a, a betting market. So if he does get out too long, then you could maybe take the gamble on that price. I think he's the best horse in the race. I don't think Barry 1's as bad as we're all making it to be. I'd much prefer Barry 1 than 12. Um, and he's got his chance. It'd be a great story. Moody does things different. Um, obviously, the first up in the men's, he's now the long break, um, but he's going to need a lot of luck, Gunner. It's just so hard for a horse like this. He's probably going to have to be along the along the rails to get luck, and it's just hard to sprint underneath horses. It's a really, really difficult thing to do. If he does it, kudos to him, but you know, we're here to have opinions, and I'm happy to be against. I wish I win. Number two, Private Eye. So gate nine for Nash, Rewilla, and Joe Pride, second behind Giga Kick last year, but winner at the Premier Stakes. Now, where do you then rank the Premier in, in this as a form guide for the Everest? I think it's a great lead into an Everest, and Private Eye had to prove that he's back to his best after having a a disappointing campaign um, during the autumn slash winter. So if he does what he did last year, I think he'd go awfully close. The key to him is if he can get a Nash Peach. Now, Nash has got to make some decisions from that gate. Does he go forward if there's no tempo? Does he try and slot in and get some cover? If he can have a little bit of luck, I think Private Eye for mine is nearly the horse to beat here, Mickey. Yeah, race shape isn't ideal on paper, but they're not race. They're not run on paper, are they? Dino, they run on grass. <laughs> exactly. And Nash is the jockey that you need to be aggressive. I, I don't think he has a um, a passive bone in his body, Nash. So I think you'll see an aggressive ride. Yeah, I think the query is the gate now. I think he's got a wonderful turn of 40. He's one of the better horses in the race, but his tactical advantage is his point of difference here in this race. So I think gate uh, gate nine, Nash has to offset that. I think if he's back with Buenos Notches uh, in secret, I don't think he's got a superior turn of foot to those. So I think the barrier, I'll similar to you, Gareth. I liked him um, pre-barrier draw, but post-barrier draw, I'm probably on the other side, Matty. Think about it. Favourite for the race, Sam Clipperton on board. Uh, drawn smack bang in the middle in gate number five. Form is outstanding. One ten from 11 and plays second in the other race along the way there. So think about it. Do you think deserves to be favourite here? I think so. He's a winner and we don't know his ceiling. I still think Private Eye is a better chance out of the two Joe Pride runners. And the only concern that I've got for Think About It, now everybody's telling me, Gareth, it's an Everest, it's going to be a truly run race. But I'm going back to the days of Red Cell when McAvoy was able to walk and kick home. Um, there's not too many horses that like to go forward and, and put a little bit of pressure in a race like this, apart from Overpass, who's drawn low. And I think they'll go pretty slow in the early stages of an Everest. So horses like I Wish I Win, Mickey Gannon, Think About It, I think that if, 
in a perfect world, if they could only have one race in a preparation and it was a group one and the trainers had to pick their the, the trip, it would be over a mile. So I think these horses desperately need a truly run race, the two favourites. Think about it. And also, I wish I win. So I'm taking him on a little bit. I love that you're taking him on, G, because I've got him on top. And I think, think about Perfect. it, we'll be, be ridden nice and aggressively from there. Because there is not a, a lot of speed on paper, they'll be nice and aggressive early. Make sure it is a, uh, a bit of a test. Mm-hmm. And no ceiling. I think, you, I think we have not seen the ceiling. Ele- yeah. 10 from 11. Like, honestly. Crazy. I think uh, the biggest query of this horse is 1,200 metres, staying at 1,200 metres second up. He's never done that in his life. He's always uh, risen in trip. Um, you can offset that, obviously, like Gano said, going forward. And I think this year's Everest is very even at the top of the market. So barriers and runs in transit are going to be so key. He is the horse who's going to get the best running transit. I have him on top purely for the map. Um, I don't think he's necessarily the best horse in the race, but with the map he's going to get, I think he's the one to beat. Quick one, last one before the news break. Mazu. Mazu, well, does he, it, I, he could he could start now and he still wouldn't win. <laughs> really? Right, so, yeah. You're so that you're so. And he, I love the horse, but he's he's getting towards the end, and he's had. You can't win these big grand finals if you had setbacks, and he had a setback um, before the missing the, the premier, and then he, he trialed okay. I thought the other day. Respect the stable. Love to see Tommy Berry win. Um, okay. but not for mine. So I had the question, does Mazu deserve to be $51? I think the answer from G is yes, Mick. Uh, I had a mark 95, mate. <laughs> 95. <laughs> I'm in the similar boat. I think Gano said last year he'd walk home from Ramwick, get giga kick would win. Yeah. I'll swim home. You'd swim home? Yeah. I'll, I'm, I'll go the long way. I'm similar vein yeah. with Mazu. Like I said, I was really fascinated by Mazu. I'm not now. Just, <laughs> Maddie, just quickly with Joe Prod. I talked to him on Giddy Up Stable Mail, um, and you can listen to that podcast. Subscribe to Giddy Up with Gareth. Um, <laughs> Joe Pride, I think, was leaning towards good, private yeah. eye. But he said, how can you knock the horse that's won nine or ten out of 11? But I think if you put a gun to Joe Pry's head, he would say private eye. Okay. Even though he was sitting on the fence. Yeah, got those two in the race, private eye, and think about it. Let's do the news back after this. Thank you, Vanessa. Gareth Hall, Mick Gannon, Dean Watling with me as we continue our uh, Everest preview special right here on SEN, right across the network. Thanks for your company. You can join in any time on 0457 736 736. So we've done horses 1 to 4, 12 horse field, of course. We'll get through 5 to 8 in just a sec. But first up, the question around Group 1. Dean, I'll start with you on this. Not Group 1 status for the Everest. We've talked about the prize money and the position in the Australian racing landscape. Two questions around Group 1. Does it deserve to be and does it matter? Number one, yes, 100% deserves to be. I think it's the best sprinting race and the most credible sprinting race we have in Australia. Number two, does it matter? I think early doors, it did matter. I think now common sense comes into play. I think yes, 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 going to start. He, he obviously won the Everest. I think that adds to it. Maybe this year could argue if Imperatrice not going there because she wanted a, a Group 1 CV. But um, in my mind, I think it's shifted the other way. No one really minds anymore. I think Dean hit the nail on the head there with Imperatrice not going and not being in Group 1. I think it needs to be Group 1, and it needs to be done as soon as possible, Matty. I don't think Imperatrice would have come if it was a Group 1. I think that well, were was they just, scared? Yeah, was, I think that was just an excuse. Um, to be honest, for a racing fan uh, um, who enjoys a, a bet on a Saturday afternoon, they wouldn't give a Continental if it's a Group 1 or not. Um, it's only for the breeders, and it is a Group 1 anyway. So you go and say you go to the sale, and you've got a you know, page, looking at your page, and you win the Everest and hasn't got a Group 1 next to its name, you're not going to go Well, all. then just make it a Group 1, G. That's what I mean, but it's yeah. just like... Um, what are we, so, wait, what so are we waiting ra- for? Racing egos are getting out of hand. Just use common sense, and at the end of the day, they're just talking amongst themselves. We yeah. don't really care. Yeah. Like from the, the racing fan, the, 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 
the fan and the punter that fund this game, they would not give two hoots if it's a group one or not. I tell you or I reckon who who cares. Probably says doesn't, but does. Peter Volandis. Oh, yeah. I mean, has said that it deserves to be group one, but but why so much? Because of that. Because there's the justification part of it. Yeah. And there's the bragging part of it as yep. well. Yep. And guess what? We're, we're, we're the big boys now. Yeah, but Pete, but Pete would be saying, well, it hasn't got a group one next to its name, but it's the best sprint race in this country. And I think that... Well, it's the, that it's is the well last known. box left to be ticked. Yeah. I think overseas it might have a little bit of an impact. Yep. Uh, uh, if you have the $20 million, the richest Group 1 race maybe on the top of it. I don't know. We that's a, I think that's a leg that we haven't quite got yet in the Everest is that international flavour yeah. coming into it. Let's continue going through the field. So number five, drawn barrier two is overpass Josh Parr for Bjorn Baker. Uh, always some good, some good chat around this one. So this was the biggest mover in the markets after the barrier draw, $15.00 in to $9. Runner-up in the short, six in the Everest last year. Actually saw, I don't know if you guys saw it, yesterday I think it was out there having a swim yes. and early on Botany. in the morning and, and out of Botany and somebody posted overpass doing what overpass does. So it was about three lengths ahead of all the other horses that were having a swim. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Is, is this what's going to happen with overpass? He's a beauty overpass. I think he's gone to a new level, this preparation. His big advantage is the only pace in the race. So in previous Everest, we've had horses like Eduardo and Nature Strip that only know one way, and that is flat out, basically. Overpass won a quokka, defeated, I think, who's the best horse in the country at the moment, Amelia's Jewel, even though that that man, Amelia's Jewel, was so mighty in defeat. But Overpass will be in front with 100 to go, whether he can hold on. I don't know, but I think he's a, he's an each-way bet all day. I think he's... He's great odds at $11. Over to you, Josh Parr. Yep. He, he rates them well, Josh Parr. He's, this is his time. He's ready to go. He's got the horse. This horse was really impressive in the quokka, then came out off a short freshen and came out and was really, really good in Brisbane, ran a career peak. Mm. He's got the same setup this time around. Overpass is the one that's over the odds. It's a great each-way bet, Matty. I'm very keen overpass. I couldn't split think about an overpass when you go to the way the markets are. I like them both. I'm going to back them both. Back out to double figures. As we were speaking, gone out to about $12. That's what happens when Mickey says he's That's back. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's, <laughs> they're off. Yeah. I think Josh Parr's got the most pressure on him in this race. I don't think it's as simple as leading and you're going to be there. The way you weigh it up, he can't go too slow. It doesn't have the turn of foot to match the likes of Think About It, Private Eye, I Wish I Win. So you've got to go strong enough up in front that you get those horses off the speed out of their comfort zone. They're going to have to sustain a gallop, sorry. Um, but I think what we're summarising here is if you're betting exotics in the race, he's one that has to go in there just purely on his map and where he's going to be in the run, Matty. The tab slot belongs to Buenos Notches, uh, number six out of uh, barrier eight. So Dylan Gibbons on board for Matthew Smith. If you're going with private eye and overpass in the shorts, you're going okay? Mm. He's got the X factor about him. We don't know how good he is, and I thought that he's come back a better horse, his preparation. He didn't really live up to expectations at his other prep, but... He was close up behind Giggy Kick as a three-year-old. Um, he's always showed the potential that he could be competitive in this race. But for mine, from that gate, I just want to see him do it first. I think sometimes he's teasing us, thinking that that he can reach this level. But until he does it, um, then I can't be with him. Yeah, there's plenty of runners in this race, G, that have reached the level, the rating that, that they need to win. He is one that hasn't, um, but gets his chance. But it's a horrible race shape for him. Yeah, the map is the, the big concern for me. He's going to be probably last the rails. But I think the plus side is it uh, of it is 
he comes through the shorts race behind Private Eye, and if he gets clear running, I think he's good uh, late as Private Eye was there. So I think you could argue that, but maps win races, and when you've got a couple of lengths to make up, Matty, I uh, don't think you can give him a start like that. The Waterhouse Bot combination has two runners, number seven, Hawaii 5.0, and number eight, Alcohol Free. So James McDonald on Hawaii 5.0, Craig Williams on Alcohol Free, the last horse to fill... Um, the slot, and as we as we've spoken about, Yulong paid more than ten million dollars for this horse. How do you rate the two Waterhouse Bot horses? Well, first of all, Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bot could trade Willie Mason to win a New York Marathon at the moment. <laughs> like they are on fire. It's unbelievable what they're they are. what they're doing at the moment. I think he's a big chance. This horse, J Mac, straight on the phone after this horse's effort the other day. I want that ride. J Mac got that ride. Um, Barry tends a little awkward, but. I think he'll go forward, and if they don't go overly quick in the middle stages, he'll be there to win it. I think he's a chance. I've got him in my quality. I think he can win. Um, Hawaii 5-0? Yeah, Hawaii yeah. 5-0. Maybe he was – I thought at the start of his prep he was a better Golden Eagle chance, but the way that he sprinted there the other day, I give him a big hope, especially with J-Mac aboard. Yeah, I just hope he didn't leave it all on the track last start. It was a really, really impressive uh, run last start. Only got beaten the pimple. Uh, look. $14 was earlier and now we've been pretty well backed into 12s. I think that's around the right price, Matty. Yeah, I think it is, Gano. I think um, the biggest tick for uh, Hawaii 5-0, I think you're ill if you're going to think that uh, a gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bolt stable will let Overpass get away with a soft lead. I think it will roll forward from the wide gate and alcohol-free will do the same. I think they're well enough found. I don't think either of them can win the race, but in saying that, I think they're, they're definitely placed chances and even probably more so alcohol-free. Adrian Bot said that he thinks it's a little bit disrespectful that we just think that alcohol freeze in this race because she's owned by year long. But for mine, she was looking for 1400 meters the other day. I think she's a better chance than an empire rose. say, come the, the Flemington carnival. And would you believe she got, she was paid up for a Cox plate. So they paid up for her and she's competing in an Everest. Well, they can do anything. She's, well, Mr. She's Zhang's got, got, yeah, got, well, a, got a bit. She's got seven races. What am I going <laughs> she, out for she's lunch got, with him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> better than what you're going to dish up today. <laughs> she's, got, she's got seven ratings that have her winning this race. Problem is they haven't been in Australia. Uh, so that, that's the challenge. Mm. But Hawaii 5-0 improved two lengths last night. If she improves two to three lengths, she could run a place. Yeah. So Hawaii 5-0 at... Uh, $14 alcohol-free at about 50-plus at the moment. In secret is number nine in the field for the Godolphin camp. So dual group one winner at Flemington. Um, a mayor or Philly, in fact, never won or placed in in the uh, in the Everest. So we're we prepared to go anywhere against that sort of history line? No, she won't be placed here because of the draw. Now, she's, 12, 12. Yeah, yep. she's $12 with bet 365. That's value because she'll start a lot shorter on the tote because it's a whirlpool there on Saturday. So we're going to the Hong Kong market. The whirlpool's run by the Hong Kong Jockey Club. So they'll just be backing Zach Purden. Yeah. Um, you can't eat value though, Matty. Yeah. Do you think she's a chance, Mickey? No, I don't no. think she can win. Down the straights her race, the the, the Dali sprint. I think, um, I think the obvious, only yeah. chance she has is if Mazu sits three wide and she can track into the race. I'd give her absolutely no chance, bar Zach Purden being aboard, and we just know how good he is when he comes to All right, in. let's take a look at 10 and 11, Espiona and Shinzo. So um, Chris Waller owns the slot that Espiona's in and trains with Huey Bowman on board. Coolmore have the, uh, the slot for Shinzo and Waller trains, uh, and we're looking there at, at, at Shinzo here, the first Golden Slipper winner to race in the Everest. Great barrier for Espiona. She's a small chance, but I don't know if she's got the class to win a race like this over 1,200. And Shinzo's had an awful preparation 
There's no doubting his ability, but that would be some training performance by Chris Waller if he can win an Everest with Shinzo. Yeah, I think SPO would be best late. Shinzo, it's just too hard. You, you can't back them all. <laughs> yeah, Espiona. Well, you can. Yeah. <laughs> you just won't win. <laughs> like the Melbourne Cup. Uh, Espiona gets a, a lovely barrier. So does Shinzo. Um, I think Espiona's a better chance of the two. It's a grand final race, high pressure race. There's nowhere to hide. The last thing you want to do is come into this race underdone off a setback. So I think Shinzo's up against it and should drift. Espiona has a chance, but um, she just does too much wrong to, to have a strong opinion on. It's a fair old combo, though, for Shinzo, isn't it? McAvoy, three wins as jockey. Yep. Waller, yep. two wins already uh, as trainer. So Cylinder, quick one on Cylinder for James Harron, Zach Lloyd, and James Cummins training. Of course, James Harron won with Red Zill back in 2017 and also with Giga Kick yep. uh, last year. How do you rate Cylinder in this one? We interview James Cummings most weeks, and he's got the driver that drives him, and he gets all the best mail because he listens to the conversations with the jockeys and their form, oh, and yeah. their form guru and Dominic Byrne. He tipped a cylinder at 66 to 1 for a slipper, right. and he just mm. missed out. It still makes me sick. I think he can win the Everest. They wanted to get him into this race. He's got the best draw. He'd just be off the pace. I think he's my top selection cylinder tomorrow. I had him fourth. I think he's there or thereabouts. I just wonder if he's a length off him. Just Yeah, I'm, a, I'm against the three-year-olds this year. I think they're not quite up to your yes, 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 your exceedance, your bivouacs. I think the blinkers going on is them screaming, we need to find one to two or three lengths. To be winning it, the, the offside to that is he gets a lovely setup here, but I'm against the three-year-olds this year in the race. Four favourite at the moment, Cylinder, $8.50. Remember, what are you really gambling with? Uh, we need to take a break. We'll come back on the other side. i get your selections plus the staking, 100 bucks on the line. Strip, given the cue by McDonald and the champ races to the lead by Lincoln Eduardo. Privatised running on, then came over past shades of Rose Giacchino and Giga Kick. Nature Strip a length in front. Privatised, Giga Kick, Giga Kick down the outside wins the Everest. The unbeaten three-year-old. Yeah, that was 2022. Craig Williams on board. Clayton Douglas, mm. the winning trainer there, and Giga Kick unfortunately not backing up this time around. So we get to the end. Boys, we get to this stage where not only have you got to give us your selections, you've got to, you've got to put your money on the line as well. So oh, okay. explain to the listeners that don't hear you on SEN track how this is going to work. So we put the pressure on the lads. We make everybody accountable. We gamble responsibly with a $100 staking plan, and they can do whatever they want with that $100. Yep. I'll start. I might go $50 Tom Kitten, who goes around in one of the earlier races. I think he's race four, isn't he, Tom Kitten? Yep. Um, he'll be mighty hard to beat. That's McGannon's best bet, but he told me before I just wanted to steal this line. <laughs> um, and I'm going to have a two-play. Hang on a second. Tom Kitten, race four. Yep. So number – it's not in race four. Race – Oh, no, run number three. Race four, number three. Yeah, race four, yep. number three. And then I'm going to the King Charles. I think $50 the win on Fangirl. Um, I'm just taking on Brightside here. Dry track, low gate, James McDonald. This is the perfect setup for her, Mickey Gannon. Seven dollars is complete overs for mine. Love it, Jay. You're spot on. I'm gonna have my uh well, my hundred dollars on Tom Kitten. Thanks for stealing that one. And in the Everest, think about it on top overpass. They're the two, mm. I think, in the Everest. Okay. I'm playing a really straight back. I think it's a bit of a tricky day at Rambic, but race three, number four, Arctic Glamour is my best bet of the day. And then we move to the Kosciuszko, which is race five. Um, number seven, Opal Ridge, a number, yes. $100 on that. The Kosciuszko is a great format. Like for the country gallopers to, to see trainers have, and this is a, another genius move by Volandis and his team, to give country people 
ambition and motivation, forget the money, um, this race has made a difference to people's lives and the way that they see um, how they can go, like especially in the country, to give people um, a purpose and, and say, mm. well, you can also um, compete on these these big days and they're, they're getting better class of horses and he's making the sport better out in the regional centre. So I think Opal Ridge wins, but it's a beauty of a race. All right. So the other one that you touched on there, the King Charles the third yeah. newly named stakes over the mile at Ramwick. Mr. Brightside after back-to-back Doncasters, um, Zaki Fangirl, who you're going to get on board there. So before we wrap up this segment and therefore wrap up this hour and this preview, back to the Everest. Who wins the Everest of 2023, Gareth? I think Cylinder wins and uh, Private Eye second, third overpass. I wish I win fourth held up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> think about it on top, overpass right there, Private Eye and Cylinder to round out the top four for me. Dean? Yep. Uh, think about it on top from I wish I win from Private Eye and overpass in for fourth. Just with the internationals and the King Charles, because we don't know too much about them. They, they believe a light infantry man has worked the house down will be a terrific each-way chance. And Joseph O'Brien, my mail is that he told the connections of that horse that Buckaroo worked like a winner. He's at $21. He's a champion trainer, Jay O'Brien. So put that horse in your quaddy. All right. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org. Dot au. So we've got Cylinder and Think About It to win uh, the Everest on Saturday afternoon out there at Ramwick. $20 million race. Great discussion. Great fun, guys. Thank you for all of that. Best of luck. Good punting on uh, on Saturday and looking forward to doing this again. All right, then. Good Thanks, luck fellas. with the Manly Cricket Club, too. They tell me you're absolutely coaching the no, lights out, Four mate. out of four. Four out of four to start the weekend. Look out. Smashing it.